Welcome to the Symphony Podcast. Matthew Callens and I on the call today to talk about a topic, lateral thinking. And this is a super exciting one just because it's so foundational to, to everything that you do, I know, Matthew, and to a lot of the value that um, I've been able to apply to my own life. And I just, I love the idea of thinking laterally and thinking outside the box. So start us off and we'll we'll talk about this one. It'll, we'll keep it tight though. Yeah, no, I love this topic. And I think it, it relates in a lot of ways to the conversation we just had a couple, a couple weeks ago with Joel Space Mandela about creativity, just because I think a huge part of creativity comes from the human ability to think laterally and, and draw from a wide ranging um, group of experiences and, and kind of like form solutions that way. Um, but I also think, you know, lateral thinking is what's allowed me to progress in my own life, um, you know, personally, emotionally, spiritually, but also in my career path. And I think it ultimately comes down to the concept of being able to take inspiration from everything, anything and everything, essentially, uh, just because this concept of lateral thinking is is basically the opposite of finding yourself in one field of work or of life and kind of like looking at the solution bank of what's happened in that field before or like how things typically go in that arena of life or work and kind of doing things in that in those parameters whereas lateral thinking is drawing solutions from all across the board all of your different life experiences your walks in nature the conversation you have with a random friend and integrating it into whatever your your life path or your career path is and so it's a very small shift and it's more it ultimately comes back to mindset i believe which is something that we we talk about heavily on this on this podcast um but yeah i think the ability to think laterally in all departments of life will ultimately open up your world and make your life a lot better and more interesting in my opinion jarvis mentions that inspiration comes from the periphery and a lot of what he talks about is and a lot of the questions that he gets on his show are around like how to find your voice how to be unique it can be overwhelming coming into this world of being an entrepreneur being a creator whatever path you want to go on you're looking to your left and to your right and you're seeing people that are way further along that are top top of the world and you're seeing them on your phone every single day so it's like how can you possibly compete it's so saturated why even go for it and where this connects into uh, lateral thinking is it's like how do you actually be unique well you pursue curiosity you'd connect to things which is ultimately what creativity is you're maybe a photographer and you see how uh, I was talking about how tennis is played or something, and you incorporate a technique or a product or something that you see from a different area to your craft. And now you might be far more unique and also driven to create and just feeling like you're creating something that's different, which is, I think, a, a big hiccup that I know I've come across. It's like, why even create if it's the same or not as good as something else that someone else is doing? So um, all that just to say that I concur with the idea that inspiration comes from outside different types of thinking. Um, how has that actually impacted Absolutely. you? Like, Logic, like actually practically building businesses. How have you thought laterally and made moves to, to benefit yourself that way or to your business? Um, I think it comes back to just paying attention uh, just to, just to everything and not, 
you know, so like as an entrepreneur, we have our businesses, but if I was going around in my day-to-day life and, and like trying to think about everything in terms of how it relates back to my business, I don't think that I would find much inspiration, but instead it's like, I will take a walk in nature. Right. And I'll notice something, um, about how, you know, the river's moving or how the the bend of a tree caught my eye and why did it catch my eye? And then, you know, maybe, it, but it just weighs on my subconscious, right? And so then when I'm going back to a problem in the business world, maybe it's like logo creation. And then I noticed how my eye was drawn to a certain thing because of a certain shape that I saw in nature. And then I integrate that into an aesthetic logo for one of our brands. So like, that's kind of an example off the top. Like, I don't, and th- it's actually more a little bit more historically involved. Just I have one tangible example here. It's of the golden ratio, which is something that was originally discovered in nature. Um, just kind of how it's like a mathematical sequence, but of how things kind of like move in nature and how it draws your eye into a certain point. Like if you're looking in the in like a rectangular box, and this is not a very good description of what it actually is, but essentially it's something that happens naturally in nature. And it was studied and observed by someone who ultimately brought it into like the digital marketing world. And now almost like a, a large percentage of logos and ads that are created follow the same ratio that naturally occurs in nature. And so like that is kind of an, an example of how you can take something from your walk in the woods and integrate it into like a business issue that you're, that you're facing. But I mean, I think just in general, having this concept at the center of your philosophy will just help you. You'll, you'll think like that, even if you just have the awareness of this concept, right? Because if you, if you understand the fact that you can take inspiration from anything and everything that you see on a day-to-day basis, you will do that. And so I think a good, another good example of, of this type of thing is I'll be, you know, I'll have a problem for one of my companies working around in my head and and then, you know, on a random Wednesday, I'll, I'll think to, to reach out or a, a friend that I haven't heard from will reach out to me and be like, hey, let's jump on the phone call and we'll talk, we'll catch up, we'll talk about nothing that has anything to do with the businesses or the companies, but I'll somehow come out, come out of that phone call and be thinking of that issue in a completely reframed way only because of this conversation that I had with a good friend um, who has nothing to do with the businesses that I'm in. And so it's like that concept in general is is revolutionary in a lot of ways because you uh, you realize that you can take inspiration from things that are seemingly unrelated and plug them in to your life in a way that's going to create innovative solutions for yourself. Um, so yeah, those are I mean those are relatively tangible examples, but I feel I think it's just kind of the lens that I try to see the world through, and it just ultimately makes me pay more attention to my surroundings and my encounters and and just kind of everything honestly a big part of being able to think laterally in my experience has been not judging your first ideas not thinking oh this is the winner or this is not worth pursuing that's why brainstorming sessions and like you say just taking a walk and creating the space for yourself to actually think about a problem rather than be like pen to paper i need to solve this right now and just forcing yourself to think about it Um, and limiting the ability to think laterally. And one, I guess I kind of want to lean into the conversation around how do we actually foster that creativity and that ability to think laterally. One of those things is 
the, the not judging yourself early on thing. And then the other is actually like creating structured ways, whether it's a walk or talking in a working session with your partner, like we do sometimes, like, you know, just, just chatting and not necessarily feeling like we have a time limit or that we're talking about a specific thing, but just thinking, oh, this is something I've seen that's worked or not. And um, I took a class uh, in college called Innovation and Design, and it was a full semester and it felt like it went so slow because we were given a simple problem to solve, which was game day parking on campus where you have 130,000 people on campus and a very limited amount of parking spots. Everybody wants to tailgate. And we had six groups in the class and everybody basically had the full semester to do this super deep ethnography research project and then come up with a solution at the very end. And the challenge, the biggest challenge was in this class was to not jump to the conclusion and the solution without doing each and every step that's going to foster that creativity. And so my professor essentially gave us these uh, homework assignments or like group things where it would be like, okay, map the user journey, go talk to people about their game day parking experience and put it on a graph uh, with a line in the middle that's zero and then above, you know, the positive experiences and the lower experiences and literally graph the, the experience of coming to park on campus. And th many different things like um, just using sticky notes on the walls. I actually don't remember all the different things that we did to actually you know, it was a full semester, but I can only remember one thing. There you go. Um, but the takeaway that I had was as we started to talk to more people, we realized the number one reason people need to drive their cars to campus is simply because they have ice and beer and food in their car and they want to tailgate. So instead of more parking spots or, um, you know, more parking attendants or squeezing more cars in, we came up with a solution to basically create pre-set up tailgates, like a business where someone would pay a flat rate, show up, maybe bring the stuff that that's, you know, their alcohol or whatever, but we have the meats and the food and the, the grill and the tables and everything set up. So you don't even need to drive your car in the first place. And uh, we actually looked online. There's some companies that were already doing this in Oregon and other places, but it was a, a powerful course for me to take because it just it showed me real tangible ways, not that I can remember them now, but at least I know that when I am confronted with a situation like this, especially professionally, just not judging, taking your time to come up with that solution is super important. So that's, that's my one take. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. And I think it, it kind of makes sense um, to transition from there into what I wanted to talk about next, which is just the concept that I think that there are, efficient, innovative solutions that ex that are out there that exist for industries who haven't found them yet because the industries are so specialized. And so, and, and the thing that makes me think of this is I, I watched a, a film recently where it was a guy who was talking about all of the different stuff that he had done in his life. And he used to work in film and, but he like created these uh, something to do. It was like some type of machine that helped, um, that helped capture like CGI video quality or something. But that same technology ended up being used in the medical field as like a heart monitoring device or something like that, just because mm. of how the technology transferred over. Like it served a similar purpose, but you know, just because it was in the film industry, it was being looked at from that specialized point of view. And then this guy ultimately got connected with some other guy from the medical world who came from that background, heard about this guy's technology that he was using in the film world 
and then was able to make the connection of like, oh, wow, that would actually work a lot more efficiently for the way that we're collecting data for like this heart monitoring machine that we're doing or whatever it was. But just that concept in general led me to think that there are probably so many industries out there that are like that, where they're drawing from the same bank of information continually as they're looking for solutions to new problems. And so I think that should encourage people to become curious and try to educate yourself in in a wide ranging group of topics, because maybe that maybe that becomes you. Maybe you find something that's a solution for a, a major issue in one industry because you had taken the time to educate yourself in a handful of industries. Um, so I don't know. I think that that really spoke to me when I when I heard that. And I think there's probably countless examples of yeah. that type of that type of stuff going on. And I mean, even, you know, further back in history, you look at you know, like Leonardo da Vinci, maybe one of the greatest artists of all time. And, and the main thing that they say about him is that he was curious about everything. Like he studied science, he studied biology, anatomy, humanities, like he studied, I mean, art, but ultimately his art was the result of him studying all of these different things. And then like, so they, and then figuring out technology for him to be able to paint on top of like huge buildings. And then they would use that technology to, to like do other stuff. And so he was driving innovation just by his own curiosity and he was making things like he, he was making what he wanted to make based off of kind of like where his curiosity led him. And because of that, he ended up kind of being this cent- this portal for other people to kind of look at what he was doing and then draw conclusions about their own issues that they were facing in their own industries just because of his own curiosity. And so I think that's a that's a cool way to look at it, too, is just like the more you can learn about, the more you can know about, the more effective you can be um to yourself but also to others potentially it's a great reminder too just to keep learning and it's it is important to just learn about what you're curious about even if you don't necessarily see that it's gonna contribute directly to your paycheck or your career or your relationships yeah that's that's an awesome yeah you don't even you don't even need to know how it's gonna tie in yet you know but just being Mm -hmm. curious is gonna lead you down some pathway. And I was, I'm reading this book right now called range and it's kind of, you know, encouraging that concept of just, you know, learning about a bunch of different stuff and kind of having like a surveying period of your life where you're just becoming aware of all of these different disciplines and all these different things that you can get involved with. And, and, and one of the chapters is it goes very deep into comparing AI technology to human performance and kind of where each one of those things stands out and where each one of those things is limiting. And the main strength for humans is that they have the ability to integrate broadly. And so they're talking about how like with chess, uh, for example, because that's been one of the main things that they've tested AI on in the, in the past. It's like with chess, we don't stand a chance against computers because there's like a, there's a data set that can be drawn from and analyzed in, in seconds um, that once it's inputted into this AI technology, like it's just, we don't stand a chance, right? Because it's a very narrow, um, I mean, not narrow, there's like a lot of things that can happen, but it's like, essentially you can just input it into the technology and it will be able to beat a human. Whereas when the, when the conversation gets more open-ended and when it's more, you know, big life issues and real world problems, like that's when we as humans have the strength to integrate from a broad, broad, broad sense of, experience and knowledge and find innovative solutions that in in that context you know ai is very far behind where the human brain is and so 
I mean, I know that it's easy to be like, oh, AI is the future. Like there's not going to be a need for humans anymore, but that's just so not the case. I mean, I think that there's, like we talked about it before, like leadership positions and understanding EQ and, you know, interactions and, and big world issues with lots of things that you need to think about and emotions and all of that type of stuff. Like we're, that's a, that's a strength of ours. And so I think, you know, we should act like it. We should, we should get excited about that fact and become curious about all types of different stuff and, and see what types of connections we can draw from those things we become curious about. And that's ultimately what lateral thinking is. <laughs> My dad sent me this article a while ago, the 10 vital skills you will need for the future of work. And at the, at the top of that list is creativity and just talking about how exactly what you're saying. Robots currently can't compete with humans on creativity. They can beat us in chess. They can, you know, pack a box or create a something very limited, uh, but they can't really think outside the box. And uh, as more jobs kind of become taken by AI, it's like the, the ones that you're going to want are required. Uh, the skills that are going to be required are those creative, lateral, analytical thinking, emotional intelligence. Um, and it, it brings me to a recent podcast I listened to with Jim Quick. Jim Quick is, uh, he's like a brain expert and a speaker. And he talks about how if knowledge is power, then learning is our superpower. So learning how to learn and how to foster that ability to think and realize like your intelligence can be developed, your skills can improve, um, nothing is stagnant is going to be super crucial for the future. And just of, of today already, those the people that. that you want to work with are the ones that are thinking outside the box, that are bringing cool ideas and willing to entertain your crazy ideas. So, Definitely. Uh, in that same, Jim Quick is OG, by the way. Yeah. But also in that, in that same uh, range book that I was reading, they were, uh, I don't remember what the exact study was, but they were looking at scientists and from kind of like a historical perspective of, you know, who's, who's kind of been at the, at the top of the fields in these different, in these different quote unquote specialized categories. But the, the top performers from these scientists were actually more likely to have artistic hobbies outside of their their practice whether it was like surgeons or just different types of research scientists or whatever it was the ones who were actually making waves in the industry also considered themselves musicians or artists or they had these other outlets where they were kind of you know drawing inspiration from from art and then ultimately integrating you know, their experience into their, into their work. And that's what was ultimately driving innovative solutions. So it's like, that's about as specialized as a category as it gets. And there's still evidence pointing to the fact that you should, you know, integrate broadly and, and be curious and have hobbies and, and add a lot to your, um, your playing field kind of take inspiration one, from everything. <laughs> yeah. I got one more example that just came to mind earlier in the conversation, but it's a story Seth Godin tells where he showed up to this new job. It was in an office building where when you walk in at the, uh, the, the reception stand, you need to take either your pen or something or you take your, they had a little circular thing that everybody, when they come in, they need to write the time on or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but um, each day everybody walks in, it takes them like 15, 20 seconds to look through all of the different pens or the different sticks that to find their stick. And on his first day in this job, he 
took a little piece of tape and wrote his name on it and then attached it to one of the sticks that was his stick. So every time he walked up, he would just say, oh, boom, save that 15 seconds. Like this office, the entire office had been doing it super inefficiently for such a long time. And by the next day, every single stick in the little bowl of sticks had a, a different color piece of tape or a different post-it note or name. And everybody had adopted that faster way of doing it. So it's just kind of an example of when you do show up and see something with fresh eyes, you have the ability to come up with a more efficient creative solution. Definitely. Cool. I think that's Anyways, a good ending point. That wraps yeah, it up pretty well. Let's wrap this one up. It's been a blast. It's been a, a nice one. Um, the symphonyco.com is where we're posting stuff as well as Instagram. And we're, we're growing. We're staying, staying consistent with the Monday episodes and also doing a couple episodes on Thursdays here and there, doing some clubhouse stuff. And uh, yeah, should be good. Give us a little update, actually, before we go on Shreddable, Shroomy. Maybe drop the, the code for getting the 10% off on Shreddables, too, because I know that's part of the pod. That's now. right. Yeah. Yep. Shreddables and Shroomy are are doing their thing. For people that don't know, Shreddables is, they're both, uh, they're, these are two of my companies. Shreddables is a plant-based uh, protein bar. We got three different flavors. They're super bomb, super healthy, about as healthy as it gets. Um, and then Shroomy is a, it's a little mushroom extract gummy that has lion's mane, cordyceps, and reishi, really good for immunity, a little brain boost, um, and they taste delicious. It's basically the best way that you can take any type of mushroom extract on the market right now. But Anyone who's listening to this episode, uh, if you go to either of the websites, uh, shroomygummies.com or shredablesnutrition.com, if you use the the discount code SYMPHONY at checkout, it'll give you a nice little 10% off. And um, and yeah, we'd love for you to try them. So, And we have some new products coming out actually in the next couple of months. So stay tuned for those as well. Exciting. Sounds good. And I'm about to crack open a shreddables today my favorite's the peanut butter personally but uh, everyone's got their favorite flavor my favorite changes on a day-to-day basis <laughs> i usually eat multiple of them a day so <laughs> love them all yeah all right matthew well thanks for coming on thanks for listening and uh till next time next micropod monday we're out of here